for this episode of the podcast our guest is Samia Ravidas from the 2010 to 2014 batch Samia works as an identity and access management analyst in Amsterdam she focuses on incident response and process improvements for customer IAM systems Samia also holds a position as a guest researcher in the security group at Eindhoven University of Technology her research interests include various aspects of access control for distributed systems She is one of the organizers of ShaktiCon, a cybersecurity conference for women, and also volunteers for embracing the world for their charitable activities. We sit down with her to talk about the memory she made in the club, cybersecurity, traveling experiences, and a whole lot more. So, hello Chechi, welcome to the Amphos podcast. Uh, we're so glad to have you with us here. Uh, so, Thank you. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, you're currently in the Netherlands. So, uh, what is the COVID situation like there? Ah, it's uh, it's getting better. Actually, there are cases, of course, but uh, right now there are you know mask wearing mask is not mandatory. Uh, people oh, can yeah. go in public. Okay, you wear mask when you're in the train, but otherwise it's uh, not that mandatory. Uh, and I think 90% of the people have been vaccinated, at least one dose. Um, and yeah, it's it's actually pretty much better. They are opening up the universities um, and also the workplaces. It's more hybrid. So it's like you four days a week, you work from home. One day you go to the office kind of thing. So mm-hmm. yeah, you get to meet your colleagues face to face. I don't know, after one or two years. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy, you know, to... see people finally wow. yeah yeah that's great i think uh, we yes. have a bit of a way to go in india to actually yeah. not seeing people and go to college like all together mm-hmm. i know yeah it's 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 difficult to attend classes online i can imagine yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so how are classes currently you're doing a phd right so how are the classes there how does it you know work Online. So in Eindhoven, we have some mandatory coursework, but that is something that I've already finished. So the rest part is mostly we do research, we write papers, um, and that yeah, it's mostly online. I have uh, meetings with my supervisor online, and uh, but for teaching, it's very tricky. And uh, you know, if I have to uh, in a have courses and teach bachelor students and it's all online and you know if you are in a class you just wait you know for them to ask questions they raise their hand but here it's mostly like okay no one is typing anything are they really yeah. there are they sleeping <laughs> so yeah it's a, it's a whole new uh, different uh, feeling but yeah i think it's just we just have to get used to it i guess they can probably imagine because we're the kind of guilty ones from the student side is not asking students for second on this we know what it's like it's not yeah. guilty i mean if you have to sit 8 hours in front of computer listening to technical stuff it, it's really i'm honest yeah. but yeah i mean i i also sympathize with students for that but uh, yeah i don't think there's another work around but yeah Yeah. So Chechi you're also working alongside doing your PhD work. Yes. So what exactly are you doing? I'm working as an identity and access management analyst. Um so this is mostly a customer facing project and uh, mostly yeah working um on 
the identity solution that we provide and to check if you know that's up and running well and to overseeing a team yeah oh that's great yeah cool so chechi um i'd like to ask you how was the club back in your time like i think it was around the beginning of you know the clubs when it started um that was around the time when it really yes. started to just you know come up on its initial stage so how was the club back then yeah I mean last week I remember having a conversation with Vipin sir and he said uh, this a mass recruitment you know 500 or 5000 students signed up you're having interview process so back in 2011 it was very interesting we were i think five or six people in the club and we used to go to each classroom trying to convince student please join the club it will help you it was we were trying to get more members not many were interested and they're like okay what are you going to get out of the club you know why do you even want to join and uh, i think now you know there are a lot of alumni getting benefited you know they're in a a much better state the club has grown more projects i think now students see the value of it but back then they didn't it is like no i have to sit and work after 4:30 uh, why would i do that i just want to go back to hostel and we were like okay how do you convince these people um so it was very very tricky to uh, get people interested uh, in computer science and mostly the mindset i don't know about now but at least back then it was okay i study i get a job and that's about it and uh, do i have skills uh, you know uh, am i able to work hard am i able to think creatively no one really cares about these things it's mostly okay i'm done with my engineering i need to get a job so i think more work uh you know at least the hurdles that we faced in getting more students was to change this level of mindset and mm-hmm. yeah that's uh that was a tricky one so yeah if you ask me in one sentence i would say it was way different way small but we had a lot of fun um and even with small groups it was it was always amazing uh to be a part of club there were people you know leaving abruptly in between um and a lot of other uh, things happening but still in the end you know the group that we had in force um you know the support system that we had it's something that i still have now and the friends that i had in force club are my best friends now so it's something that you know even made in you know, a created lifelong friendships for me so yeah it was uh, i would say it was very interesting back then <laughs> that's yeah. lovely yeah it's nice that you Yeah, you uh, mentioned yeah. that before you actually had to convince people to join the club whereas now we have like 500 applicants and we need to come yeah. up with a set of tasks to like narrow it down to the people who are really showing potential <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's a tricky one yeah i know <laughs> yeah. yeah that's in fact that's like the that's what we're doing currently um yeah, like freshers are coming into the club yeah and yeah. Uh, we have to sort of filter out the people um with in accordance to the task so yeah, yeah that's that's a difficult one <laughs> yeah mm, right like so in you mentioned that you really had to go behind people to sort of join the club so how was that process like did you have to send out flyers or make posters or oh, i don't know we did i think i think i was our batch okay i'll tell you how we all started so i remember there was a 
email from a friend of mine and uh, it was a forwarded email from Vipin sir and where he said okay if you're willing to work hard you can join the club um, and uh, we'll help you improve your skill set and you know these are the alumni who were a part of the club where they are now and I was excited so I just sent an email to Vipin sir and sir said uh, okay you can join the club and that was it there was no enrollment process or anything and he just gave a first task he said uh, okay which uh, you know operating system are you using you know okay do a simple python code or a simple c program i'm like okay this is it um so it was very very straightforward there was no enrollment or something it was like uh, okay i just pinged sir in you know it was google chat or something back then and uh, he just responded and that was it uh but for the other students we actually went to classes during break time uh, that's even harder you have to you know get their attention in the first place <laughs> and then you know explain about the club and what we do and uh, we also tried to take it in batches there were at least at one point there were like 30 students or something um but yeah none of them really had um you know the the will power to stay longer and for them it's mostly like um okay i just want to have fun it's it's all like what is seen in the movies right and people just want to imitate it and no one really cared about uh, you know doing quality work or to thinking creatively or contributing to society and these were not uh, really ingrained so it's hard to convince people in uh, that aspect when they're not even um, you know aligned with your thinking so yeah it was it was difficult we we did managed to get some but uh, they didn't survive in the club but uh, uh, but it was uh, it was very very different experience uh, altogether and i think two years later there were like more students joining and uh, the club kind of uh, got really mm-hmm. but it's uh, it's mostly the uh, the hard work put by vipinsar and his vision and uh, i don't think you know to reach in a, such a massive level it's uh, it's not an easy thing to do uh, especially to uh, make students uh, you know say that you can you can have fun with the work you do you can have fun in the club they just don't know that uh, they say okay this is something that i have to do i have set of task okay so i'm missing out all the fun and that's it's it's like yeah. a block in their head but when you actually join the club it's more fun than the other one they just don't realize it so yeah right yeah i know it's a, it's a loop that never ends but <laughs> it's something that also kept keeps me going so yeah I, mostly it was that because every time every challenge um, you know there's a lot of new events that were coming up So it was I was learning a lot I was you know I also have this habit of introspecting myself if you know I'm improving or not and I can definitely see the growth uh, and the change in me and I also loved the the whole attitude of the club um, because in most places it's okay we train you we charge you this much okay if you get the certification you get the job and it's just so marketing bullshit that you see around but in fast club it's it's mostly okay it's free of cost it's all that matters is your willingness to work hard and also the idea of contributing back to society you know um, i remember in our batch we were asked to take classes to our classmates or to our juniors and that part of knowledge sharing the part of the bond it's something very very unusual i say even in i've traveled across uh, you know in europe it's very limited the way people do it but i think the scale in which fast club does it's uh, it's very 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 impressive 
so yeah what kept me going is mostly the the attitude of the club and uh, it's very healthy uh, in a way and it's not just um, you know a selfish motive that drives it it's mostly selfless motive that drives it and that's the mm-hmm. beauty of it that's great i mean um yeah that's uh, the the whole experience of for for us at that point of time in fact some of the things we also relate to even now like we definitely enjoy our force work more than the online classes of course of course so, yeah i mean some days uh, you know if i get very tired what i do is i sleep in the class so that by the time i come to force club i'm very energetic so <laughs> I, i i can totally relate with what you say yeah. okay don't take inspiration from that but <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah it's still holds true definitely it's it's the truth yes <laughs> Cool. Yeah. So, Chichi, um, what is so? What is your favorite memory of the club? Um, do you have any particular memory in in mind? Yeah, one thing was so back then. Um, so we were like three or four girls. We used to stay in the hostel inside the ashram. So, and we work for the force activity. We work in the cyber security building. Have you been to the uh, Amritapuri campus, or it's totally new? No, we just came. Okay. <laughs> okay. So how the location is? Okay, let's say here is the ashram, and here is the university, and uh, there's backwaters. So you cr- climb the bridge to go to the university, and you climb back to go to the hostel. So that's the, and it's I think a ten minute walk. It's not much, but uh, we stay in the university like till like. 9:30 10 p.m. every day and then to go back okay we are girls and you know there are restriction and blah 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 so we pinsir or some other senior faculty you know they used to uh, accompany us uh, to go to the uh, ashram and um, yeah i remember uh, of course you know favorite memories always include our hostel wardens and <laughs> and uh, all the issues there uh, but something that i i really liked was uh, even when vipinsar is tired you know and if, even if his health is uh, you know very weak he would still stay so that he can accompany us so that we can work so that he will take us there and uh, it's like even more caring you know i sometimes find him more caring than my parents to be honest <laughs> and uh, to actually come with us and uh, wait for us um, and to check that okay we are inside the hostel we survived all the issues with the warden and garden and he he was to just uh, check everything make sure that we are all right and then he goes so this mm-hmm. amount of uh, caring and without expecting anything in return and uh, i think that's very rare and you can also find that in um, at least in my batch i could find that sort of an attitude in other members of the club as well because when you it's it's normal right when you see something good you and when you are in a very positive environment you also start to adapt all those good qualities so i think uh, to see that um and uh, yeah it was it's very beautiful um, and that he would wait for us and uh, you know work us there and uh, yeah looking back you know whatever we have achieved so far whatever we did it's it's totally because of the sacrifices that were made by sir and others in the club and uh, to do uh, to go out of your comfort zone 
um, and to take care of the needs of others and to do that without any hesitation. I think that sacrifice is, is the ultimate beauty. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah, yes. my batch being online, like we've missed out on a lot of those experiences. Like, I know. We did I know. the technical part and like, but we missed out on like, okay, dealing with wardens and like actually like staying in the lab and working together. Like, but hopefully yeah, within I'm a few months, you <laughs> <laughs> it's really yeah. fun if you have that yeah yeah let's hope covid uh, situation gets better mm-hmm. yeah keeping our fingers crossed at least for november i think because maybe there's a little hope yeah there's some happen. rumors That's going around okay, yeah. not sure how true yeah nice yeah. exactly so, uh, so when you were in the club what work did you do was it open source contribution or uh yeah, cyber security or okay so initially uh, what we started with was uh, improving our typing skill. <laughs> so we started very small, huh? not like uh, AI or any big things. I think even AI didn't even exist back then. I'm not sure. But anyway, um, so we started very small, like typing skills, web development, attending work, small workshops on you know HTML, CSS kind of thing. It's very basic, very small. And I think... Then, um, yes, we did start open source contribution. I remember fixing bugs in Firefox. Um, and we also applied for GSOC. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was, there were also, we were also kind of a mix. We, we also did a bit of CTF. There was, I think, no distinction between FOSS and BIS, at least not as separate club back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was uh, some CTFs that I participated and I was also working with uh, another alumni. Uh, maybe, you know, his name is Abilash. He's currently in Sweden. And mm-hmm. uh, so he was back then doing his PhD and I was interested in research. So he was also telling me, teaching me how to, um, you know, read a paper, how to write clearly and how to think um, critically mm-hmm. and all these things. So it was yeah, for me, it was a mix of a lot of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Chi, do you never, like, uh, focus specifically on something? Like, because now we've actually divided the club into, like, clublets. Like, mm-hmm. we have AMHATs for, like, hackathons. And we have, like, a competitive programming team for competitive programming. So, was that not there back in your time? Yeah, there was ICPC team that focused on coding. There was also BIOS mm-hmm. uh, for uh, CTF. But I think the the boundary is a bit, uh, it's not that clear uh, clublets or clear distinction. I mean, okay, from the outside, yes, though there, there are separate distinction. But uh, yeah, I was hopping on and off around things. So I think uh, it wasn't that, uh, well, for starters, we didn't have so many members. So it was free to right. do what we want. So yeah, for me, I didn't really have much of a, focusing on one thing or another it's mostly what you want to do what uh, skills you want to improve yeah there was no clear uh, uh, distinction uh, back then well it was there but it's mostly uh, it was fun and I did a lot of variety mix of things yeah cool so uh, JG I think uh, last podcast um, uh, the last podcast we had was with Arvind Atten so he told us a little bit about um, that with youth during your time, 
um, you know, Vidyut, for those who don't know, Vidyut is the college fest that we have. Um, so, can you, could you um, t- tell us a little more about what AMFOS's role was in the Vidyut that happened in your time? Ah, I think there was a CTF that we organized. It was part of Vidyut. It's called SCTF something, Secure CTF something. And uh, yeah, we formed a team. We played uh, during the CTF. I think it was one of my first uh, uh, CTFs. And uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, and I think we did also it's something um, you know that was also getting started mm-hmm. uh, in the university. So, but the they also invited a lot of um, you know singers and movie stars and uh, so it was mostly like exciting uh, time then yeah I- i'm sorry i don't have uh, it's, it's okay i think that was a pretty long time ago yeah <laughs> it was a long time indeed indeed yeah yeah that's that's nice so i think yeah we we don't know anything about with you per se but like is there anything like striking about with youth festivals in our college like throughout the years do you remember any particular feature or if not with you like any event like yeah it uh, was organized by amphos back in the day organized by amphos oh there were there were um, i think we okay i think one of the events it was it wasn't uh, amphos as such but it was an international conference on wireless so that was mostly done by the um, the wireless department uh, they handle it but um, there were a lot of professors uh, from across the globe and it's the first time that they came to india so usually how things work here abroad is you go to a conference is mostly in you know some hotel they book um, you know a, a meeting room you just go there there'll be some coffee on the side there'll be someone presenting that's it there were like hardly 30 40 people in india we take it to the next level i mean in amritapuri and actually these guests were like welcomed uh, you know with um, what do you call chenda i don't know the english word for it uh, with drums and everything and they were like is it for us you you're, you're welcoming us <laughs> and uh, so we really you know uh, showed them uh, you know what um, you know indian culture is and how we welcome guests and uh, we really Uh, you know welcome them to india as such and not just you know okay here you came to a conference just talk and go but we made them you know feel a part of india and show them what india is and i think that was a fantastic experience for me it i didn't i haven't um, had an international exposure back then but to actually see them come here and getting accustomed with our tradition it was it was a very beautiful thing to watch and i think all the amphos members uh, also attended this conference uh, and that's one event that i i still re- vividly remember and uh, yeah it was it was very interesting very diverse and uh, it's also moments where you're proud of your own roots and uh, that's uh, that was a beautiful thing yeah so was this completely organized by students or uh... this conference yeah No 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 it was uh, by the wireless department so Dr Manisha or some I don't remember it should be her and uh, yeah it was a very large scale international conference and uh, we we were participating in it yeah but I think what Amphos organized 
uh, was the SCTF. We also organized, of course, the NCTFs. Um, and there were other few events as well. But uh, yeah, it was mostly the CTFs because I was also participating in the CTF, also being in the organizing committee. So yeah, it's mostly volunteer work. And another event, of course, is Amma's birthday, her chancellor's birthday. And uh, that's, oh my God, you really missed that. You should have been in campus for that. It's amazing. And even there, all for AMFOS members, we volunteer um, because there'll, there'll be like two or three lakh people. And uh, we really have to, um, yeah, I think the first uh, duty I got was uh, crowd control. And that's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, uh, yeah, being in a secure, being a security with having no experience and two lakh people coming towards you. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's a very, very, very different experience. And uh, yeah, I, we get to interact with a lot of diverse people, you know, with different education background, with different financial background from different parts of the world, speaking different language, different culture, and everyone coming together, you know, to celebrate her birthday. So it's, a, it's a very, very beautiful thing. And all AMFOS members, we, uh, we did volunteer uh, for it. And that's something, uh, yeah, it still stays as a happy memory in me. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Do you remember what your first CTF was like? The experience behind it? Yeah. Yes. I think it was CSAW um, qualifiers round. If I remember, that was the first one and the CTF was the second. And uh, I had no clue. I didn't know what security is. And we thought, okay, let's just try. And there was one networking challenge. And, uh, okay, I know there is a flag somewhere. I just have to find it. Uh, just try to, you know, play around with Wireshark a bit. And, okay, there it was. I just pasted, okay, I solved the challenge. What just happened? <laughs> so it was, it was mostly like I didn't know what I was doing, but trying to figure things out. And then it was like, okay, what did I do? How did that work? Okay, what does this uh, in a thing do? What was the challenge about? And then there was the learning process. So it's mostly trial and error kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was fun because we were all sitting together and playing and uh, it was a lot of fun, yeah. So like how, this is just like a random question, but... Um, sure. Uh, like if the CTF was held online, would it? How would that have gone? Would it? It wouldn't have been as interactive, I think, right? As maybe having it offline or something. It depends. Even in online, um, I think you can still have fun. Um, it's. I mean, you just have to be connected, of course, virtually, and uh, of course, I mean, sometimes distances doesn't matter. You know, when you are in a team and working uh, together. So, yeah, I would say it's, it shouldn't be that different, especially when you're working something and having fun. Of course, being physically near is always a nice thing. You can just say, okay, let's just stop, you know, come have a coffee and, you know, just go yeah. have a break, you know. That, you, you cannot do that. But I think just playing the CTF part, you can, you can still do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it being 2021, like we're lucky. We have like so many alternate forms of communication. Indeed, yeah. 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 Like if we have to discuss for a project, we just like hop onto like a Discord voice channel and like we talk that way. 
but like still communication is something that kind of has to be forced now because like it doesn't happen naturally so like we have to arrange and like schedule meetings and stuff which is a change yeah 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 i don't (laughs) yeah yeah let's just hope it gets better that's all we can do (laughs) yeah so uh, jg i would like to ask you about um shakti con in your time so uh, so how did it really start did it start actually it uh, when you were in college not really okay Um, i think team team shakti actually came like four years ago it was after our graduation and um, so team shakti is I think women only CTF. Um, I think it's a clublet of bios. I'm not sure, but yeah, it's a women only CTF team uh, from Amritapuri. And my friend uh, Shripriya, uh, she was mentoring the team and she was actively involved. So for some of the Team Shakti meetings, she would also drag me into those meetings. So I also got to know them. Um, and uh, yeah, just interacting with them. And they were like very enthusiastic kids and uh, and i think the idea of shakti con actually started uh, with vipin sir and shri priya and they decided okay we can have a women only conference and this is actually the first shakti con happened this year and um, and i i was actually invo- i got involved in shakti con like beginning of 2021 and where we actually were planning how to conduct the conference which days whom to invite um and how to contact sponsors so uh, you know it's mostly organizing stuff we were doing and um yeah but the idea is something um that i think we really need to take it to another whole new level uh because if you take information security uh here especially in abroad it's uh, the the women representation is very very less i remember doing my masters during my masters i also did a minor in security so i had to attend a lot of security related courses and it's a big classroom maybe there are like 200 people in there and i was the only woman maybe one or two in some courses but i was the only one and it was very very uh, shocking so they would just come and say okay hey guys ah and one girl <laughs> so it was uh, <laughs> um i mean they were happy that uh, i am there of course but the uh, the number of women entering into the field is very less some of them don't really feel confident um uh, you know to do uh, their good work in security um sometimes they don't they don't really have i wish if they get the right kind of guidance and if they have the motivation then they can really excel at what they do so shaktikon uh, actually provides a platform uh, in it to encourage more women to be a part um, to learn and to contribute to field of security because if you look at uh, you know the current times everything is online and uh, the of course there are good things about technology but of course there are bad sides of it and um, also hackers trying to okay they just do it for fun and some doing some do it for um yeah how can i call it very destructive reason and uh, you know remotely disabling pacemakers or hacking hospitals causing deaths and these are the extremes that we see and 
I won't be surprised if there even starts a cyber war instance. So we really need more professionals um, who are trained in cybersecurity and who can um, really protect our internet infrastructure because um, it's mostly like the job of a soldier, just that we are not on a battlefield, but it's a virtual battlefield anyway. And we really need virtual soldiers there. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, ShaktiCon, um, it's a beginner friendly, um, mostly for women to get acquainted with security and to meet people, um, to get guidance. And I think uh, it would make a huge impact, in my opinion. Yes, yeah. but uh, we are also already we have started planning for ShaktiCon 2022, and uh, mostly it'll be in April. And uh, yeah, we are mostly extending it. Uh, we will of course have all the features of Sh- the ShaktiCon this year, but we would also have a lot of new things. So I'm also excited uh, to see how that turns out. Yeah. Uh, so Chechi, I was curious actually, like as you mentioned, cybersecurity is a very male-dominated field. So like. Was there ever like an incident where you felt like the odds were against you because you were female? Mm, yeah, I mean, it's mostly the mindset in these situations. I mean, you can definitely feel intimidated by men. You can definitely be intimidated because you're the only one uh, there. But I think it's mostly the attitude. For me, I always think, okay, what is my purpose of being here? Just to learn. And does it stop if there are like men in the room? No. Uh, But of course, you know, there were situations, um, especially in social interaction, then some, sometimes, yeah, people cannot be, I mean, they may not be that, you know, friendly. Uh, They may say things in a very different manner. So for for a woman, it's um, the way we process um, all this information is different than how a man process. So let's say, okay, I get... um, you know, someone passed a judgmental comment or someone uh, said uh, a critical comment. The way we process is very different than the way a man processes. So I think mm-hmm. to yeah. get adapted to a world of men, it's it's very difficult. So what I do is I just be myself and there's nothing I can do. And they should be happy that I am there because I am the one who is changing the whole dynamics of their team. Because otherwise, yeah. it's the, their way of thinking is just, uh, you know, just straightforward okay it's not i wouldn't call it straightforward but it's just uh, like binary and uh, i think having women in a team is always something that takes a team forward be it any field and especially in security i think uh, if more women gets uh, trained it can really really change um the way even how the society functions how uh, institutions function how universities function so it's uh, it's it's the time of the need of course mm-hmm. uh, for me personally there were like very very few instances where i felt uneasy that i don't belong here uh, it's a common feeling to have I've, I've also felt you know in conference okay there were like people who have done big things you know they're standing there talking about stuff you don't understand okay i don't know anything am i bad uh, do i not know anything technical and it's very it hinders your confidence but it's mostly a mental attitude you just have to see okay why i'm here okay i'm here to learn and what the things they're talking about, I can still learn it. It's no big deal. It's just information. Mm-hmm. You just need to process it. It's just not yeah. there in your head yet, but that's the only thing. 
um so for me i didn't and i think even when i was in um so before moving to netherlands i did my masters in finland and there even there i was the only woman even here in my phd team i am the only woman um mm-hmm. but i miss not having other women in the team but do i feel uncomfortable sometimes not much but i think we need to be more courageous um we just have to always analyze our purpose why we are there and uh, not be intimidated by men you know sometimes uh, there are also bullies all around the world sometimes they just want to put you down there are people like that i've come across but there are also men who wants to uh, you know help you succeed and they mm-hmm. also ensure that you get the right resources so that you can excel so it's a mix of both um and of course we need you know both men and women um you know insecurity but i think if we have more women um it's it will be it will be more um, how can you say more diverse but at the same time it can also change the attitude with which we look at things and i think women have that potential in them that they can change um you know the whole atmosphere around them right so now that we're into this topic do you have any kind of advice for these about aspiring women in technology who you know wish to make a career in tech in the tech field is there anything they should keep in mind i think what uh, we men mostly need is a support system if you ask me um because um and for instance uh you know sometimes i feel uh, okay i don't know this and you know, am i not good enough um, maybe it's only me okay others are doing great i'm not and it's it kind of goes into a very low self esteem spiral but then you know if you know that okay there are others uh, other women who are having the same issue then you get a totally different perspective probably it's not just you know it's not you being not knowing things but it's probably some other external factors that is affecting the way you feel so when you um, in a share when you have a good support system and understanding each other and validating each other's feelings and to say that it's true totally okay but let's just see you know what we can do and i think if that support system is there women would feel uh, more more and more confident and currently that support system is quite missing now just in technology but even um you know in real life conversations you know there are hardly people they don't you know talk about let's say uh, mental health or they don't talk about uh, you know their it's it's always like a big um, okay i wear a mask that i show to the outside but i you know there there are a lot of mess but i like to keep it within but there are also people who have the same issues and i think when you talk about it um it makes you feel like you're a part of community you feel comfortable and i think women might get more benefit if they have a good support system and if they have a support system that can encourage and motivate them you know to be to enter into the field of security i think uh, we might uh, get more women and indeed shakti khan is also well kind of a platform that provides support uh, for uh, new students so for me i think support system is is the main yeah yeah that's a fantastic point 
um, mm-hmm. think especially even this uh, online scenario having a support system both for this for this pandemic situation and the point that you just mentioned about women having a support system is makes it much more significant yeah, in I these times yeah even like being able to interact with our alumni like having female role models to look up to has helped a lot yeah i can imagine yes <laughs> and for for me uh, my role model is our chancellor amma i mean she, she you can she has undergone a lot of difficulty that you know, that you can imagine in the world uh, you know being born in a village and um, you know she doesn't have formal education uh, after fourth standard and she faced a lot of odds in the society but she had a goal she had a goal to serve the society and sh- she didn't let any of that stop her she just kept going and uh, she is uh, someone whom i look up to when i feel like lo- less confident when i feel like i can't do anything she is someone who is a role model who is you know a teacher a mother who who is there as a guiding light for me so indeed if having a female role model definitely definitely yeah uh, makes us want to do more yes yeah uh, so chechi i was curious about how your experience in the club has helped you in your career like the skills that you picked up i think a lot a lot a lot um so f- from open source contributions so okay it's not just about okay did i get gsoc or did i not get gsoc it's more about the preparation process and for me i was comfortable reading code and this is a very important skill uh, that you need to develop because when you are you know in a big project and when you see a lot of code you shouldn't be feeling scared you should be comfortable like reading like a paper and you should be comfortable reading a code like that so force club really helped me to make myself comfortable with you know technology with changes uh with communication with reading paper with writing papers so it's very rock solid fundamental skills that we developed and uh, it's these skills that are still helping me even during my phd and uh, it's not something you know people get trained elsewhere and uh, so it's it's a very very great advantage that uh, we have as for students that we build a very solid foundation and we gain skill set so even if we go anywhere even if we face a new challenge we are not phased out we are just like okay let's see what is there you know we can solve it this that faith that confidence in us and i think i got that confidence from fos club so it's uh, yeah we all did and uh, it's if fast club was not there i don't know where we would have ended up i mean even if you know you get a job it's you should be comfortable dealing with adversities and to dealing with negative situations and i think fast club really um you know groomed me to face these situations with confidence and uh, yeah it, it has it has and it's still helping me yes so chechi how what really inspired you to get into cybersecurity and actually make a career out of it because there's something so, in cybersecurity that you know yeah, I mean it? I was playing CTF in BTech but 
yeah, I was not that curious at that point. Um, but when I did my master's uh, for the master curriculum was mostly about mobile computing. But then they also had a minor in security. So minor means you do like some coursework worth 20 credits. And uh, so it's mostly like you take important coursework, but it's not like a major degree. So in minor, so I had very interesting courseworks. And uh, then, yeah, I really saw the the kind of uh, need that we have right now in security. And um, because okay, even if you build like 100% uh, in a secure system, which does not exist, but even if we did, there will always be a backdoor. So it's a never-ending demand um, that we will have uh, in terms of cybersecurity. And I felt that uh, it's an area where I also liked when I attended these courses. And uh, and yeah, it's, it's... I cannot pinpoint and say, okay, this is when I decided to do it, but it's mostly a gradual uh, process. Yeah, and I was also looking for uh, PhD positions. And for some reason, in my mind, I wanted to do in cloud computing, but for some reason, I ended up applying to all security-related positions. I don't know how <laughs> why it happened that way. Uh, probably deep within, I liked it for some reason, yeah. But it was uh, really, it was and it is and it will be. Uh, the need of the hour. So, yeah, that's the primary motivation. Uh, so, Cheji, you've obviously come a very long way in your career since your time in the club. So, like, if you could go back in time and maybe tell something to your younger self, like, is there anything you would tell yourself or? I would ask my younger self to be more relaxed because mm-hmm. <laughs> many times, you know, um, the stress of life gets you, it eats you. Um, even when I was in BTEC, okay, there were like expectations from family, um, you know, also financial commitments. Um, I had taken a loan to study. So, you know, to paying back the loan was like a major uh, stress factor. Okay, what if I don't get a job? Okay, what if I go and study abroad and I don't get a job there? Okay, how will I live abroad there? So there's like a lot of questions that we have and it's like an overthinking process. And I would ask myself to relax a bit and to take life easy, to take uh, life as something fun. And that believe in yourself, believe in your skills. Just don't always think worst case, but also think the best case. And uh, having a positive outlook really, really helps. And relaxation is not just in terms of, you know, going stress-free, but it's also in terms of learning. Now, sometimes let's say, okay, I have two, three papers to read. I get overwhelmed. Okay, I have to do this much. Okay, this paper is this much pages. You know, there are like a lot of uh, models they used. I don't understand. How do I do it? So when you think like this, you cannot really learn. Even if you read the paper, you skip a lot of important facts. So the primary things when, so right now when I feel stressed, I just don't do anything. I make my mind relaxed and only then I start learning because only a relaxed mind can absorb information. It doesn't happen otherwise. So it's important that we take care of, um, of course, the mental health, but also don't increase your stress level. And uh, I remember during my PhD, one funny incident happened. So we 
I had a meeting with my supervisor and sometimes, you know, meeting with your supervisors can be very energy consuming. Um, and I was very stressed. Um, and there was a deadline coming and, uh, and there was, a, I think a management, uh, stress management seminar or something. And they made it mandatory for us to attend. I went there and they had like a small sensor device they place in your ear and it measures the level of cortisol. So cortisol is the hormone that uh, increases when uh, you have stress. It's a stress hormone. And they measured it. And this was, so I went there and it was right after the meeting. It was like way up high. And the person is like, okay, where are you coming from? <laughs> so it was, it was very, so that's when it's like a visual proof of the amount of stress that we take. Of course, the quality of sensor and everything is, uh, you know, we can question all that, but still it's, uh, it kind of shows uh, how much stress we knowingly or unknowingly take and be okay with it, but it's not okay. You need to learn to relax uh, because let's say, you know, you grow old, you're 60 years old, you look back. Do you remember like your, um, okay, I, I failed in that exam. Okay, I flung that year or... Uh, oh, I cried then, oh, I didn't do this well, I didn't do my job. It doesn't matter. All it matters is, okay, did I have fun? Did I learn something? You know, sometimes when students fail, they feel like, okay, it's the biggest, uh, you know, uh, thing in their life. Okay, how will I face others and all these things? But when you're 60 and you look back, it's fun. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, I failed. I dropped one year, I moved on. But it just shows how you're able to handle your failures and how you come out of it. So what I I still do is when I feel like stress, when I feel like I can't do something, when I feel lack of confidence, I always... A fast forward and see, okay, I'm 60. Now I look back. How do I want this time frame to be? How do I want to, you know, address my issues? Do I want to just, you know, quit or do I really want to fight for it and go forward? So that kind of gives you motivation. So to my younger self, I would say to relax. And not just to my younger self, to all members of Force Club and to whoever watching this, I would say relaxation is the key. If you're not relaxed, you cannot process anything. You yeah. think you pro you're processing, but it's really not entering your mind. So first thing for learning, uh, for you know, doing anything is to have a relaxed mindset. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that analogy actually. Like um, looking, I think when you're like going, imagining that you're 60, and then looking yes. back, you know, what that's that's a nice way to look at things because then like I think it encourage more people to take on experiences because that's what matters at the end of the day, the experiences that come. Yeah. I mean, if I look back, I I cannot recall all the stressful moments when I was 18 or 19. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah, yeah, okay, something happened. I don't even remember what it is. But when you are facing stress, you feel, okay, this is the biggest hurdle. This is the biggest mountain in front of me. But fast forward, it doesn't even matter. It's not even going to matter. At the end of Mm -hmm. the day, it's what good you did to the society um yeah. how relaxed you were how much fun you had um and it's it's just to be in the moment and uh, relaxation can only happen when you're in the moment yeah i think all of us have a tendency to like overthink things and like make them seem yeah. worse than they actually are in reality of and course, i think that's yeah. one good thing about uh Amphos, like it gives us a safety cushion so like even if we mess up even if we fail it's okay because like 
ஈஸிலி uh because when you do phd it's very normal that uh, you know you think of something you think of ideas you write something and it just ends up in trash bin it wouldn't even materialize sometimes i had a project i did i wrote a paper for 6 months and i had to completely trash it so so you have to detach yourself from you know these kind of experience and uh, to actually handle those failures and uh, move forward so i think first club is a place where you can fail so failing doesn't mean not doing anything and simply sitting ah, i failed i'm not doing anything no it's to do stuff do it wrong learn it the right way and to go forward it shouldn't be like oh i fell down i'm comfortable here i'm staying here no that's that's not the right way but uh, to make mistakes uh, don't be afraid to make mistakes um and i think um if you have failed in life then it really helps you to face more adverse situations in future and right now i'm sure since um there were like many moments in phd where i felt like i failed but uh, you know those are the moments that really helped me uh, to gain courage i've learned a lot and i think they they will really help me another thing is you know success and failure it's a very i would say western concept so in indian concept it's morely more like duty so did i do my duty did i not it's not like success or failure because we don't care what the fruit of our action is so in my case okay i worked 6 months on a paper it was my duty i did it okay it did yeah. not work well i had to throw it but that's not my problem i did my part so there's no success or failure in there you need not label your experience with success or failure it's more in terms of did i do my duty right and in first club when you do something is yes, did you do it right and it need not be like oh, i have to do it correct you can make mistake because that's the way to learn so here your duty is did i learn from those mistake so when you you need not attach everything with success or failure because it doesn't exist. it's mostly like western concept we we yeah. need not really get our head into that oh i am a failure i've seen my a lot of my colleagues you say that but it's you need to ask yourself did i do my duty yes then you have nothing to worry about mm-hmm. yeah that's definitely a very good mindset to keep not labeling experiences as success and failure and like more yeah. focusing on doing your part and like yes. letting the outcome just be yeah yes and that it's the same thing that krishna told in bhagavad gita but yeah i'm just saying it in a different yeah. way and that that's a very healthy attitude because then you are not affected by the you know praise of success nor you are affected by the sadness of failure so you are neutral because you did your part okay that's the outcome you just accept it so it also yeah. gives you a mindset to accept things in life i guess yeah yeah uh, on a little bit of a side note chechi i actually Uh, saw your video clipping as part of the Amphos induction video where you <laughs> okay. mentioned yeah where you mentioned that you've traveled to over 10 countries as part of your studies so i was curious what was that like traveling so much 
it was fun it was more than 10 actually but uh, oh, wow. around yeah i mean in europe okay so let's say netherlands is the same size as kerala so it's not um, so in, here in traveling from one country to another in europe it's like traveling from one state to another in india so it's not a big deal to count the number of countries uh, because yeah in europe if i have the visa for netherlands i can travel to any other countries in european union region so it's easy to just i can take a bus from the front of my apartment and go to germany in one hour it's that easy so it's not a big, big deal but it's uh, it's different like cultures um, are different languages are different so you feel the difference but i think um, what really fascinated me was the the um, the climate in all these places i was in finland i remember i when i was boarding flight from india it was plus 30 or plus 25 something i arrived in helsinki that's the capital of finland and it was like minus 15 <laughs> and then i waited two weeks it was minus 27 and it was like fully snow and it was my first time seeing snow in life i was very excited and um yeah it was it was fun it's uh, it's a whole new different atmosphere and you can also see the uh, difference in which people um in the way people are you know in finland they are more silent in netherlands they are a little bit lively but sometimes they are very direct in what they say in italy it's more chaotic so it's a, it's a very unique experience and um of course there are some difference in the food um but yeah it's more in terms of uh, people in terms of the building in terms of um, it's a, it's a very nice experience to travel in europe i would h- highly encourage you guys uh, to do that as well because traveling really opens up your mindset and um, it also re- it relaxes me a lot that's why i travel but it i've learned a lot of things from my travel you meet a lot of people on the way and you learn a lot of things so it's uh, it's always uh, a fun thing to do but uh, you know you need not wait to come to europe to travel you can already do in india and india yeah. has i think more diversity than what europe has um i mean here even if you take like in terms of food okay they have bread and in you know, a soup and the main course okay there are some variation but in india it's it's amazing even within kerala you can see a lot of variations i think yeah. most students i think you can plan like an yearly outing you know to somewhere you know go to manali or go to gujarat rajasthan just um and explore our own country i haven't done that's why i really want to do so i want you guys to <laughs> experience it uh, yeah and I, maybe i'll join when you go when you guys go yeah yeah oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah yes what are some of the countries that you visited though just out of curiosity well most of the countries in europe um so finland sweden germany netherlands italy greece all these countries but i've also visited turkey um and istanbul that's a very very unique experience because it's right in the middle of asia and europe so basically yeah. in turkey you have a bridge that connects asia and europe 
So it's uh, you see a mixture of both. Uh, like some streets would be like European, but in some street I felt like, oh, I'm home. This is this is like okay, it's very busy. The street, the way people are, it's mostly uh, Asian. So you can see a mix of both in Istanbul. And uh, so I think Mediterranean uh, region is something that always fascinated me. I really love their food. <laughs> so Turkey, I went. Um, yeah, and then during BTEC, we also went to Israel. And uh, that's also very, very amazing, very inspiring country. Um, we can learn a lot from Israel um, and how they have grown to be one of the superpowers in the world. And uh, yeah, it was it was very eye-opening and interesting experience, yeah. JG, uh, so you studied in Finland as well? Um, so like yeah, I've I did my heard, master's there. Yeah, I've heard a lot about um, Finland's education system. I'm not sure if that applies to the university as well, but like um, I've heard that they have a very different take on education, like less homework and more focused on like practical work. So did that apply while you were studying there? Um, yeah, so how Finland does it is, I think they start their schooling at seven, seven kids were seven years old, and it's mostly like very few hours of teaching, they don't give much homework, and to actually be a teacher in Finland is more harder than to be a professor in a university in Finland. So they give a lot of importance to uh, primary school and the way education is built up. Um, and it's also the way I think, um, like the elected representatives think, you know, sometimes they think, oh, I'm elected. I'm here for five years. Uh, what changes can I bring in five years? But I think in Finland, it's more long term. Um, they make students comfortable. They start from a very young age, but they think of a long term goal of the because these are the students, you know, that um, come later on and they go into industries, they pay taxes. So they are the ones who are helping to grow the society. So I think one thing I like about is they don't really think about the five-year five term deadline, but they think in a very long-term perspective. So that's uh, something fascinating. But yeah, teachers really need a lot of skill set in Finland uh, you know, to be able to teach in primary school. And that's something... It's 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 very very different than what we see in other places. As for universities concerned, uh, well, I had a lot of assignments, <laughs> a lot of homework, so <laughs> I I wouldn't uh, say it was uh, it was an easy ride. But it was more focused on practical. Yes, there were a lot of assignments that were like made um, so that students gain the practical knowledge. And they also focus a lot on entrepreneurship and they encourage more students to build startup. And the first thing I think... <laughs> no worries. So the, uh, the first thing that uh, you know, they tell you is that, okay, you know, you're coming to me for funding, but you, if you haven't had like two or three failed startup, I don't trust you. So they really encourage people to build something and, you know, even if it doesn't work, it's okay, but you need to. So I think that uh, conducive atmosphere is something that uh, Finland provides, yeah. But universities had a lot of homework. <laughs> it wasn't otherwise, yeah. That's nice. Is there any country that you liked in particular? 
uh, while you in particular uh, i would say switzerland it has it's it's natural beauty and it's uh, it's breathtaking and uh, yeah recently i visited um, a place near the switzerland italian border and did a little bit of hike there and it was it was very nice and it's um you know you stand near a very giant waterfall you realize that you're nothing compared to the power of the nature mm-hmm. so it really um you know makes you think how how small we are but at the same time about our role um you know to preserve nature you know to protect nature and we also have a part to do because you know just you know one tsunami or one earthquake we can all die <laughs> it's, it's, mm-hmm. so that's the power of the nature and we are nothing compared to it so it's uh, all these experience that makes you think deep um but switzerland has its own its own unique beauty i i really love that it's expensive there but i really love it yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> on that note did you ever experience any culture shock like maybe uh, something that was considered normal in that country but like would seem strange to us like a lot i think the beginning years <laughs> when you go to a new country it's always it's always culture shock um yeah i, I don't know in uh, well some t- in in netherlands uh, the way people talk is sometimes uh, it's very straightforward you know they will say um they will say straight at your face that what you did is wrong so sometimes it's very hard to take and we feel like okay this guy is rude he's not polite and uh, but then over the course of time when you learn their culture you know you, you tend you tend to think differently because it's just the way they're brought up they just say what is in their mind and sometimes it's a very good thing than to hide things and you know then um things resurface but initially i felt it was very rude um but it was very 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 shocking for me but now yeah i'm getting used to it i hope i'm not becoming rude but uh, uh it's just uh, they they're very nice people they're very nice very helping people but um yes yeah, sometimes straightforwardness we uh, will interpret it as rude so yeah it's it's a cultural thing there yeah so chechi do you have um any future advice for students watching anything that they should keep in mind yes i would say that enjoy the process don't f- obsess with the goal oh i want this job and don't be obsessed with it's very important to have a goal yes but don't be so obsessive overthinking about it just enjoy the process and focus on what is at hand um focus on your responsibility your duty do it right don't you know worry about success or failure what others think what society thinks just don't worry about it if you feel what you're doing is right be confident do it and um and it's okay to fail you know fail in the sense it's okay to uh, not do things right in the first attempt you know it's all always a learning process so learn from your mistake and relax relax and have fun and um it shouldn't be more about oh it's my life it's my goal i have to go there but look around there are people who may need your support so support them help them and grow together and i think growing together should be one of the primary motives of fos club you guys are already doing 
but you know sometimes we get so self obsessed with our things and um, sometimes we become like okay i take care of only my thing and yeah it's normal for people to get selfish but we have to come out of that and we have to grow together as a group support each other when they are they they are in need i know it's difficult in online times uh, to do that but check on your friends if they are doing okay uh, because covid is having a very very detrimental effect on people's mental and physical health as well so support your friends check on them check if they are doing okay and build that connection because the friendship that you're building now is the one that is going to stay lifelong uh, at least from my experience and um, yeah just support each other grow together and uh, have fun yeah relax that's the main thing cool um so is there do you have any questions popta no no uh, no i'm good <laughs> cool no uh, just uh, yeah wish you all success uh, for the club the club is growing you know massively and i'm very happy to see all the progress that you're doing all the various projects um and the the enthusiasm of students in the club it's uh, it's very amazing and um, yeah just go on and uh, don't let anything stop you and if you need anything from alumni we are always here do reach out and i wish all success for the club yeah uh, so thank you so much somit chechi for coming here today and taking time of your busy schedule to attend this podcast with us uh, i had a great time uh, sure pavitra also had a great time talking to you uh, about your experience in the fos club um, what you're doing right now and just to get to know about you it was um, it was a pleasure having you here for this podcast Thank you so Thank much. Thank you likewise likewise I really enjoyed this yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as we did hosting it. We release our podcasts weekly. So don't forget to tune in next week for our upcoming podcast with our next surprise guest. Happy listening.